0: welcome everybody to the Diecast movie podcast where this episode we have a special interview brought to you by my dad take it away Dad
1: hello everybody welcome to the Diecast movie podcast this is Steve again and welcome to episode 175 and this episode I'm going to be doing a special one I'm going to be interviewing Mr. Lobo a horror host movie host from Cinema insomnia uh, we're going to be talking about we're going to be talking together in just a couple of minutes. I just want to say, I've always wanted to interview Mr. Lobo, and when I was looking at the Monster Bash schedule for this year, 2023, he wasn't listed as coming. So I was like, oh, I guess we, you know, there'll always be the next Monster Bash, that kind of stuff. But Mr. Lobo is a tricky one, very mysterious man. He showed up anyway it's the second day into the Monster Bash. So... I was like, how do I approach Mr. Lobo and ask for an interview? I'll wait, and I'll see what he's feeling like on the following day, on Sunday. But an interesting thing happened late Saturday night, or I guess you could say very early Sunday morning, because it was after midnight. Ron Adams and Monster Bash does an award presentation where they give out Lifetime Achievement Awards for Monster Bash, which they affectionately call the 40s for people that have done different things either for classic monster movies with monster bash talking about those fun movies and those kind of things and i was surprised as all get out that ron adams and the monster bash kind monster bash community decided to award me one of the 40s and it was an honor and a privilege and i really still am kind of shocked about it but it was a, a a really pleasant surprise and it was amazing and, I was, and then right after me Daniel Roebuck got his four award and there was two gentlemen prior to me it's great to get this honor and it's one of those things as Mr. Lobo will be saying in our interview uh, you don't expect to get because you can't run for it or do for it it's just suddenly thrust upon you for deeds that you've done in the past and I really appreciate it, and thank you again for this honor, Ron, and the rest of the people at Monster Bash. It's greatly appreciated. And the reason I bring that up is because after I won that award, you know, early, early that Sunday morning or late Saturday night again, whichever way you want to look at it, Mr. Lobo, the mysterious Mr. Lobo, approached me and was congratulating me and winning the award and welcoming me into the club because he's won one also, And that's when I asked him about doing an interview, and we agreed to do it the next day or that same day on Sunday. And so that's what you're going to be hearing a little bit. Normally, I have a lot more prep time (laughs) going into an interview. Like if I would have known Mr. Lobo was coming to this Monster Bash, I would have watched Cinema Insomnia and other things just to get an idea of what his work is like and that kind of stuff. As you know, I've been trying to talk to many different horror hosts, like Son of Ghoul, and Countess Corita, and of course my personal favorite, Count Gordy Richard Dizel, who was my horror host growing up. And so I was definitely going to be like looking out to reach out to him. And he reaches, he reaches out to me, which is kind of the ironic thing of the whole... the irony of the whole thing. <clears throat> so, going into this interview, I have virtually zero prep going into it. We talked for a little over a half hour, and... Since the interview, one of the things I did purchase from him was the Blu-ray that he calls the Mighty P. King Kong, which is the Mighty P. King man in the movie, but they do his different um, skits and stuff and segments in the movie, inserted into the movie. And I can definitely say I highly recommend that. It was, it was a lot of fun. Um, I've always enjoyed the Mighty P. King man. So basically, I was getting it for Mr. Lobo's um, skits and different things they're going to which don't take away from the movie at all. It's just those fun things that happen in between, like where commercial breaks would be if you're watching it on normal TV. And so I can highly recommend you watch it and um, definitely seek out Cinema Insomnia and watch Mr. Lobo's stuff. I've seen a few of his different episodes now also. So it's kind of weird, this interview. I did my prep work after the interview. So it's kind (laughs) of the irony of the whole thing. But otherwise, I want to thank Mr. Lobo for letting me interview him And without further ado, let's head into the interview. Hi, everybody. This is Steve Turk from the Diecast Movie Podcast, coming live from Monster Bash. Monster Bash,
2: Monster Bash, Monster Bash, Monster Bash, Monster Bash.
1: That's right, 2023, and I'm here with the one, the only, Mr. Lobo.
2: Greetings, greetings. Now, we are now part of an elite club together, right? I just showed you the secret handshake. And then, of course, the key to the executive washroom and the parking space, the private secretary and all that stuff. And the jet. You saw the jet, right? No, I haven't seen the jet yet. Okay. I, 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 I just got it it's last night. So, it's so, <laughs> so, of course, Stephen is now one of us. He is now a winner of the Forrey Ackerman Monster Bash Lifetime Achievement Award. Now, I know this is your interview, but how does, how does it feel to win an award like that? It was totally unexpected. It, I'm, I'm just so
1: it's hard to put in the words when you get that the joy I felt last night and to seeing everybody in the crowd um, knowing that the the, the love that was coming from everybody that was at Monster Bash during that thing a packed room Uh, I know you're familiar because it's happened to you too and it's the joy thank you all and I want to thank especially Ron Adams Ursula Adams and all the staff at Monster Bash for putting on Excellent show after show, twice a year, June and October. It's amazing. It is amazing. And, and I know you had
2: your... I did. I had, I had my 4 award also, and it was, it was overwhelming. I got, I got my Rondo last year, too. Yes, because you were a Hall of Famer, not just once, but... Twice? Two-time Hall of Famer. I have, a, I have, a Ron, they have the Rondo Monster Kid Hall of Fame, and then uh, they, Horror Hound does a horror host... Hall of Fame. So we did the the horror. The, so I'm the horror. I was the horror host Hall of Fame, uh, Rondo Hall of Fame, and of course the the Forey Ackerman Lifetime Achievement. I used to make jokes about never winning awards, and now I have to give up all my jokes. I, 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 well, I never won a Rondo. Mm-hmm. I probably never will. But the one
1: I won is the one that's probably is the most special to me. Coming from the community that yeah. I love to play, that love the government see, and that's me, every time I I said in the speech I gave last night and I really mean this, every time I look at that award, I'm sure you're the same way,
2: all you do is think about everybody you've met at all the monster bashes. Absolutely, it's it's your community, it's your family and it, it's an award you can't campaign for, it's an award you can't buy it's an award you don't even know you're going to get, you know, your, your, your peers choose you and you get it and it feels really good because you didn't have to do anything but be yourself It was special and I'm You've
1: done a lot of special work with helping people discover movies, and before we get into how you do that with cinema, cinema insomnia, mm-hmm. and the work you've done there, what led you to get into this love of movies growing up? What what, what was your gateway drug movie? So oh, to speak? oh boy, Gapes. gateway
2: drug movie. Well, you know, <laughs> I you know, I was I was uh, an indoor ki- confirmed indoor kid. I like to draw. I like to write. I like to build things out of cardboard and. <sighs> I uh, There was a show called Creature Features growing up and Creature Features had a host named Bob Wil- Bob Wilkins was mm-hmm. the host. And my dad used to love to watch those horror movies and he would turn it on, turn on the TV and he would fall asleep in the recliner and I would be terrified of those movies. I'd be in my Spider-Man pajamas <laughs> hiding under the table covering my eyes and Bob would come out and he was so and funny and he would tell jokes and kind of took the scary off the movie a little bit and you know I I, I crawled out there to be close mm-hmm. to my dad but really it was Bob who was talking to me on the on the TV dad was asleep you know dad was <laughs> so I really kind of got that bond with um, the horror host the idea of a horror host um, and, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the movies that w- they showed, you know, seeing, like, the Godzilla movies for the first time and, and seeing, like, my, f- my, my, my favorite universal monster, which is nobody's favorite inv- universal monster, which is the Invisible Man. I love the Invisible Man. Uh, I thought I would wrap my head up with bandages. <laughs> And I uh, put the goggles on and wrap my head up, you know, even the moon is afraid of me, you know, <laughs> and uh, all of that stuff. And, and I would dress up as Frankenstein and the Wolfman, too. I was not as much into Dracula, but I had a Dracula cape, and I'd stomp around in that, too. And I think there was kind of um, I loved how activated those movies would make me where it was immediately go in the backyard and, and play with your toys or, uh, or or draw a picture or you know, uh, uh, do a funny voice in the mirror, you know, and I, and I think that that's what I guess I try to bring with Cinema Insami and the show is that sort of playfulness of I'm going to watch this movie, it's going to inspire material, and, and we're just going to uh, have a slumber party.
1: And I, I agree with you because a lot of times when you're, you're younger and you're meeting with your friends and you talk about the movies you watch and then you come up with those different skits and things like that with your buddies and you just... Evolve that talent in the later on where you get some, some great material. And from my understanding, when you do your show, you put on the, mo- the most scripted material of anybody
2: else, to my knowledge. I, I, I think that that may be true. Uh, I did 40 pages of material around the, la- the episode we're working on now, which is a lot. Uh, that's uh, a lot Uh, uh, i do 20 to 18 to 22 host segments sometimes in the show and it evolved somewhat organically it's not like i'm just was it wasn't necessarily trying to put myself all over the movie it's just that you know we started on broadcast tv i was i worked at abc television station they had a movie that ran 25 minutes short um uh, every saturday night so we were trying to fill that 25 minutes with something to meet that time uh, um, for the programming of it. It needed to be 25 minutes of material that we need to add. Um, And then, and then, but then there were all the commercials like, you know, and when we went into syndication, it was even worse. It's like they wanted to find 22 minutes of commercial time in the middle of these movies. So we ended up fragmenting the movies. And so there was a lot of going in and going out of the movie. And I thought, well, to sort of justify these breaks more we could have something that they're waiting for or you know leading into the movie coming out of the movie and so we just ended up wrapping around every piece of the movie with some material and if the movie is in 11 parts let's say that's 22 segments that have to be produced. And so, you know, we have guests, we do interviews, we have snacks, we do sketches, uh, we, we, you know, puppets, we have trivia, uh, uh, um, you know, it, 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 it kind of goes all over the place, but kind of with a, I would almost say, M- Mad Magazine or Monty Python, kind of off, off, off the wall sensibility
1: yeah so like Cracked magazine mad magazine which i read i'm sure you read all the time from the newsstands growing up
2: religiously mad, mad magazine was amazing to, it was amazing and it was so like it was perfect when you were a kid because everything that adults do seemed totally absurd adult movies seem absurd mm-hmm. adult music seems absurd adult politics seems absurd and somehow Mad Magazine always had an even-handed look at what everybody was doing, and and had that kind of brought out that snotty twelve-year-old in all of us, you know.
1: And I'm going to ask you two of my favorite things in every Mad Magazine. Yeah. to Look for was mm-hmm. the Don Martin.
2: Yes. Mm-hmm. Was that the same where you? Two? I don't know if that was. I don't know if that was the thing I always look forward to. But what's the other thing?
1: Sergio Organi's stuff uh, in the, the, the margins. margins. Oh, my. I love those, those little, th- everything he did. Because you, you, you'd look for it, and you'd see, wait a minute. And then you'd go back to the previous pages. What did I miss?
2: Yeah, and yeah. It would be, there'd be like a, it, there'd be someone coming down one side of the page, and then another character coming down the top of the page. And you're like, what's going to happen when these two characters see each other or meet each other? Um, yeah, that, I always loved that stuff. Uh, Sergio Argona's stuff was really good uh, Ma- Don Martin's stuff was totally bonkers You know, all the sound effects flip flip, and, you know All the m- p- twang And, you know, whatever noises The, the, the onomatopoeias uh, I always loved the fold-in All the, the, oh, the, the fold uh, uh, yes. Al yes J- We just lost Al Jaffe he was over a hundred, right? So yeah, like I think so. He
1: lived. He lived a very long. 114, life. or
2: something, something ridiculous. Yes. I can't remember what it was, but something we could yeah. only
1: both wish to make. So yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, but you know that was really interesting too because it was almost uh, uh, a physical manifestation of there's two ways to look at something. It's like okay, you think you're looking at something, and then you fold it over, and like you see this whole other picture of what's really going on. And uh, so, yeah, that stuff was really clever, and all the movie parodies. I mean, I love Mort Drucker did those amazing uh, movie parodies, and it would always start with all the characters of the movie introducing <laughs> themselves, and in, in the most silly way, where they're just <laughs> revealing all their mistakes and problems. Yeah, it was great.
1: Oh, I love it, and when I think what's great about what you do is people that have seen movies over and over you see the same movie we've we've all a lot of us that are fans of classic movies and not so classic movies we've seen a lot of these over multiple times Mm -hmm. so what does a host bring you bring those those different things in there with those segments that make it fresh and hamburger helper
2: Sometimes we're, especially with some of the movies that we show, we're definitely hamburger helper where we get the, we get the things from people. It's like, I've never been able to make it through this movie. I finally got to watch this movie from the beginning to the end because you put those breadcrumbs in there and kept (laughs) me going with this movie. But I think, but we have classics too. Mm -hmm. And I think that. It's great. The horror host is a companion, and I yes. think that's the most the key thing. It's someone who's there with you, who likes the stuff that you like. But I think the other part of it is it's very enticing, on a on, from the, on a beginner standpoint, when you're just getting into this kind of material, it helps you. Like that guy, like that guy said, oh, I never could make it through this movie. I never had the patience huh. for this. This kept me watching. And so it's a good on the beginner side because you've got people who are just getting into this stuff. Mm -hmm. And that companion is helping them get into this genre that maybe they they haven't developed the taste or the patience for. And then on the other side, the expert level, you've got these people who've seen these movies like 40 times or seen these movies 50 Mm -hmm. times. But it's another reason to come back to it. Another reason to revisit it a friend to watch that familiar movie with. It's like I love this movie, I kinda wanna watch it again, but I'm gonna watch it with my horror host and that makes it what you were saying fresh.
1: Well, I bought from you earlier today, um, the Mighty Peking Kong. Yes. Which is a take on the Mighty Peking man which I love more than anybody probably should <laughs> from the Shaw you know, Brothers. I, I believe there are no guilty
2: pleasures, <laughs> oh, so I, I'm, I'm, glad, not, I'm, I'm glad that you, you, you enjoy that movie.
1: Oh, I enjoy it. It's not guilty. Yeah. I'm just saying other people will be like, he likes what? And yeah, course, I love it.
2: Of course. Every movie is someone's favorite movie. Every movie is someone's least favorite movie. And, and it's, it's always personal, and that's good that you get so much out of that movie. Yeah.
1: And I own it on Blu-ray from the Shaw Brothers. I got the Shaw Brothers collection.
2: Their stuff and is great.
1: I, and I love it. And I'm thinking, I got that. I got my first I can't wait to get home, and later this week, I'm going to watch it. Because I, I know the movie well, and I want to see these in-between. Because to me, that's that's the enticing thing. It's like, now I can watch it. And it has a different little perspective with these segments I'm looking forward to going in and out. And I'm just, <sighs> I'm just curious to I see. I don't want to spoil it break.
2: for you. But, yeah, we definitely mm-hmm. have a lot of fun with it. And uh, we have our own little micro version of what's happening in the movie <laughs> in our space. You know, um, we, we actually had, uh, uh, someone donate a bunch of small buildings to the, to, to the studio, uh, Brian Mays, who's worked on a, a lot of different horror host things. They used to do these amazing drawings of all the horror hosts. Uh, he, he did a photo shoot and a short film where he did attack of the 50 foot woman. And, uh, uh, so, uh, I did a voiceover for him for that project just came by the studio from out of state with his opened up the back of his car and brought on all these little miniature buildings that he had made you know with every little individual brick that he carved into it and and they lit uh, some of them lit up and some of them had windows and doors that opened and and you know rooftops and, and I'm like oh well these are you know this is Production value, right? It's yes. Like we, it's like when we, when P King Kong came up, it's like now I know how I'm, I'm going to use these buildings in this. This will be really fun, and we can play with the scale of these buildings, you know.
1: And and things happen for a reason, you know. You're given mm-hmm. this, you're like, oh, I don't know yet, but I'll know when the time comes. And when we got <laughs>
2: when that movie came around, I'm like, yes, it's time to use the little buildings. Yeah.
1: And that's I love when you have that chance to use the creative freedom to basically explore what you want to do with those movies and you've been doing this for a long
2: time 23 years or so Now, 23 years or so being on the air uh, I actually filmed a pilot in 94 Mm -hmm. Uh, a friend of mine worked at a TV station and I just had me come in on a weekend and I just sort of tried to stumble my way through an introduction for some of the movies they had there in the in the uh, in their library and it didn't happen there was it didn't go anywhere you know and i did i did just local things and little little you know we we show films in bars and i do um you know intros and skits on stage at little film we do these fourth of july shows in the street where we show fil- all sorts of films on 16 millimeter film and i would I would host or I would do comedy, but th- no one ever saw that other than my friends and people in my neighborhood. But in, in 2001, I had an opportunity. I, I, I had a job at a TV station, and there was a movie that ran 25 minutes short, and it was an, it was an opportunity. I went into the general manager's office, and I said, you got this movie that runs 25 minutes short. You have six and a half minute commercial breaks. Have you ever tried to sit through a six and a half minute commercial break.
1: I don't think many people are going to make it all the way through. No.
2: <laughs> so that was my pitch, and they left me alone, and and we developed the whole format. And that's you got to give thanks that they're able to.
1: You know, some people I call them the suits. Mm-hmm. Some suits are like, no, we're going to do it this way, and don't understand it. But some some suits do, and realize we if they get that break, we've lost them, mm-hmm. or do we want to? put some a little bit of money here we keep them then we can show the ratings and show the advertisers hey this is what you do you keep to keep with this Uh, this guy mr lobo he's going to keep them going into the next
2: commercial break and so on it it was really great that it made it all the way around the building without anyone saying no i I think a lot of them were afraid to say yes too uh but no one said no uh and uh we, we made the first episode as a pilot We we just, we, we, we saw what the movie was going to be that weekend, which was not even a horror movie. It was, they made me a criminal, uh, with, uh, the dead end kids. Um, and, uh, uh, so, uh, Claude Rains and the dead end kids. And that was the, that was the movie that was going to be showing that week. So I thought, okay, well I'll play around with the format. Obviously I can't be in a dungeon. (laughs) I can't be in outer space. I'm going to approach this more like Rod Serling where I'm going to be in this black void and I'll be in a suit and then whatever kind of movie it is, it will sort of match because the twilight zones in the realm of the imagination and you can kind of go anywhere from there. And that was sort of my template as far as like, I want to be in the realm of the imagination. Mm -hmm. We can go to sci-fi, we can go horror, we can go mystery. We can go any, any direction we need to go. So I did my pilot and I gave it to them. Now I had a show that weekend with Bob Wilkins, with my mentor, with my with my uh, inspiration. Uh, I produced a live, helped produce a live show locally with him. And the whole weekend I was busy, just like at a, you were being here at the con or whatever. I'm 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 working on that thing, and we showed 16 millimeter films, and you know hung out with Bob. And then when I came in to work on Monday, they're like, "We aired it. Where's next week's?" And I'm like, that was the pilot, you're <laughs> supposed to tell us whether you like it or whether you don't. Well, we aired it, so where's next week? So we hit the ground running, 24 weeks in a row. So I would write on Monday, we'd shoot on Wednesday, we, you know, it would go live yep. on Saturday. It was, it was brutal, we, we went boom, this hit the g- ground running. So I had to develop the character, develop the format. And um, luckily I didn't make it that complicated. If we had a big dungeon and a bunch of monsters, and a, it would have been impossible to, to, to keep it going like that. But we did that first season and then we just evolved it from there. And I think that's the the best thing about the best ideas,
1: simplicity, because sometimes people, I think when they're first starting out or coming up with stuff, they'll, they'll want to overcomplicate things. You go with the simple premise first. You
2: can always complicate it later once you get you can always add you can always add more and 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 i think too i like to think of things like i come from a background cartooning and drawing and we're talking about mad magazine and stuff i think of things in terms of drafts you Mm -hmm. know it's like that was good what could be better what can we do next time and um you know uh movies are like buses there's always another one there'll be another vampire movie we can make jokes about and when it comes through again all those ideas we didn't get to do the first time because we couldn't afford it or whatever we'll be able to do the next time. And, um, so, you know, it's interesting now looking back at 23 years of the show It's like there is a steady growth at this point. Like you're going to see mighty P. King, man. I mean, we've got people shrinking and growing and <laughs> model buildings and, you know, there's a lot happening in that episode and side characters, but it, it, it isn't always that, you know, and I can always, I always know what the core of the show is, what the, what the, what the baseline is. It always comes back to me as the host in the chair with the black curtain. And like I said, we could be on a boat. We can be in outer space. We can be in a submarine. But we can always come back to the chair and, and, and go from there. Yeah.
1: So basically, you're the
2: man in the chair. The man in the chair. <laughs> it's always about the chair. Well, I was thinking that <laughs> Bob said. He goes, you should get out in a chair and do this. I'm like, why is the chair so important? But, it, it, but, but that's how he did it. He had a rocking chair. I have a rocking chair too. Bob, had a, Bob, Bob was on the first color TV station in the region. So he was on uh, um, KCRA in Sacramento, California. That's where he started. And uh, uh, he was also, in, he was on in San Francisco area later, but in Sacramento, um, that was the first color station. And he took a beaten up rocking chair out in the back of the station, spray painted it mm-hmm. bright yellow, and brought it in, and then and then he hosted the show in this bright yellow rocking chair, and it, people who had their color sets would go, "Oh, whoa!" You know, and it was just to show off that fact that they had color, and so that became his trademark was that yellow yellow rocking chair. And when I started my show, I, I had a rocking chair, but I I felt like the a yellow one was too on the nose. Yeah. But after meeting him and working with him, and him saying, "No, I I want." You to have my chair I want oh, it to oh. I want people to think you have my chair, so uh I still was resistant because I felt like as long as he was around that that was his chair. but when Bob passed in two thousand nine as a tribute, I went to the yellow rocking chair, so from all the episodes two thousand and nine forward i have um I have the yellow rocking chair, which is is my constant tribute to to Bob Wilkins, my horror host when I was a kid
1: that is really sweet because a lot of people sometimes i would never have known you know and that's the thing you know know, because i I was not not, right no i'm on the east coast i'm not a california guy so and that's one of the reasons i'm at i'm having different host movie host or horror host whatever you want to call it because you do Walt you do movies besides horror? horse i don't really consider you a a horror host but just like our podcast you're kind of the perfect blend for this one because we do all genres yes you yes, do so all you genres understand
2: too. it's i i feel like i'm what i do is i i could i am a horror i'm a movie host too yes. i'm a horror host also but it's mm-hmm. it definitely people who like horror movies like the show so it's horror host adjacent for sure and yeah. your stuff is horror adjacent too exactly. the monster kids love what you do
1: all well, they do i, I think what well, i'm trying to say is we we were one of those like people always want to put We 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 can hit all the things and we love all the things. And I think the horror stuff, we both love because we, like you said, growing up and watching those films, it's just a love. And, and coming back to conventions like this brings that love and, and and doing that and stuff like that. So, what are some classic horror films? that could or not so classic that are ones that are. Now I'm not gonna say your favorites, but like. When you put them on, you just have a smile on your oh, face and sure. you're just enjoying life. Yeah, <laughs> I
2: mean, uh, you know, we talked about The Invisible Man. I do love The Invisible Man. I love I love Mothra uh, as a oh. film. I think that's one of the more fun ones. Like, like Godzilla's cool, yeah. but that first Godzilla film is pretty bleak. Especially, too, when it's sort of allegory to the Hiroshima, mm-hmm. uh, 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 you know, the bombings of Japan and stuff. So you know, but so, but Mothra is pure fun. So I really enjoy Mothra uh, plan nine from outer space. You know, it's, it, I, I don't even, you know, talk about, I don't believe in guilty pleasures. I, I don't believe in so bad. It's good. I say they're not bad movies, just misunderstood. That's my motto. <laughs> uh, plan nine has a great vibe to it. I, I love, I love that feeling when it's on, it feels like it's three in the morning whenever you're watching it. And I like, I like that feeling. And, um, you know, and also i feel like ed wood as a director kind of represents the little guy he kind of represents us he's he's a fan those were the first fan films he's imitating the movies he liked when he was a kid and that's really clear in what he does and i feel like that that's why i think i like his stuff so much
1: Oh, well, i agree with you dracula versus frankenstein is one of mine oh. I, I always love <laughs> and, and yeah and i know some yeah. people are like ah, different yeah. things and yeah i love it warts and all and yeah. it, it's just so you're yeah. talking about al adamson Is that yes. Like, yes adamson yeah. yeah that's an awesome zendor i mean come on you know it's, it's yeah. He, yeah he was he was my he was you take away the, the, the christopher lee Bela lugosi yeah. and all the yeah. when you get to the modern era the more modern ones right. he was like my draco because he had a cool look i mean come on it's yeah it's, yeah oh yeah <laughs> absolutely
2: no i love those movies I love those movies. And I feel like with those movies, too, there's an implied participation where it's yes. like, me yes. and my friends made a movie. We could make a movie like this. Yeah. Well,
1: because you and I grew up at the time when Rocky Horror Picture Show was oh, coming yeah. out and all these yeah. movies that, that wanted us to participate, wanted us to enjoy. They're made straight, they yes. which I think a lot of filmmakers make the mistake. They make these things a little cheesy instead of making it
2: some like it's a film they make the film but yet it, it has fun with it there's a way to do it and it's really hard because i think if you make it if you are constantly kind of poking holes in your own boat it sinks yes so i uh, you know rocky horrors does it in a really smart way because they obviously love these older movies but they're putting this cockeyed humor into it but not so much humor that it, it seems insincere yes so that it's a it's a that's a tough balance. And now when I was in the, I'm in the Plan 9 remake. I don't know if you know no. that, but I was in the Plan 9 remake in 2016, and that was a movie where of course we remade Plan 9, which I love that movie, and I was I had a lot of concerns about it. You know, I'm like uh, Johnny. I don't know, if, you know, I can do this. Or I was Criswell in the in the movie. And Criswell is is sort of the narrator of the movie in the original. Mm-hmm. Ah, greetings, my friends. We're all interested in the future because that is where you and I will spend the rest of our lives, right? Yes. And I thought, well this will be fun. I know Criswell's stuff. I like this character. Criswell was a real guy with a historical life. He was in four hundred newspapers. He had a radio show. He had a fifteen minute Uh, Program after the news where he would do predictions about the future that were always wrong. (laughs) And and he was part of Ed Wood's cadre, you know, and he was in several of his movies. The problem is that I don't look like Criswell and I didn't think people would accept me as Criswell. And uh, Johnny said, well, Criswell was a real guy with a TV show. You're a real guy with a TV show. You're a contemporized version of that kind of guy. And so we had to I, I felt like it was it was it was a tough balance for me because when you are a fan of that, but the good thing I can say is, is that no matter even though the film is uneven and there are problems with it, it wasn't because they were trying to make a bad movie on purpose. I don't think you can do that. If you try to make a bad movie on purpose and you succeed, did you succeed or did you fail? How, how do you even measure that? Yeah. You know, mistakes are always going to happen. Bad acting—you don't need to train bad acting. Bad acting just happens. Yes. So, so you know, there are there's some bad acting in the film. There's some, uh, or I should say, misunderstood acting in the film. <laughs> uh, uh, there, there's some uneven moments. But everyone there brought their heart, tried hard. You know, uh, we had budgetary problems just like the original, and um, you know, and it, it, they tried to take that material and make an effective horror movie for the modern age and they didn't try to make it has humor but they didn't try to make a joke of the they took making the production seriously now
1: i'm going to tag on with your finger yeah. but i'm going to ask you did you see or, or hear danny roebuck do his Q and A yesterday
2: i wanted to and i missed it what happened well
1: this i thought is the best way to tie in with what you just said yeah. He, cause he, he was in the film that came out last year by yeah. Rob Zombie, The monsters. monsters.
2: Which I enjoyed, actually.
1: Oh, I enjoyed it. We have an episode out with, um, with Jeff Owens and I talking about The Monsters, and we both enjoyed it, and we both were fans of the original Monsters. Yeah. But I look at it, this is not the original Monsters. This is today's The Monsters.
2: And we already had, they, they did a Monsters today in the late 90s. Mm-hmm. And this was better than that, oh. by a long shot.
1: And it's not even a, it's not even, they can't even see each other. It's not that close. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. and, but what Danny Roebuck said, mm-hmm. which I thought was the most apropos thing. And for those that are monster kids out there, I hope you, I, I'm going to be paraphrasing his words. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the way he put it was, do you want the monster kid fandom to die out with you, or do you want it to continue? If you want it to continue, this movie that he, that Rob Zombie put out wasn't for you per mm-hmm. se, it's for, the six-year-olds for 10-year-olds of, of today. Mm-hmm. It's for the, the people 10 years from now, 20 years from now. So I think I saw this movie. You saw this movie. But I think those that are young that are seeing it, they probably love this film. And yeah. when they go to conventions, that's their, the demo- yeah, yeah. sure, monsters. And that's sure. how you continue having these But You guys doing Plan 9 from Outer Space, it's the same thing.
2: And there are a lot of people who... Um, through that, found the original. And that's the other thing is is that, you know, you, if you keep it relevant, if you keep it connected to the today in some way or another, doesn't matter what it is, remake, reboot, prequel, sequel, reimagining, what are all the words? we said all the words? I think there's 15 okay. others. But every time you do that, it never is subtractive it never takes away from the original it always validates the original people go back oh let's go back and watch that movie oh let's mm-hmm. go back to the first one it it, it, it it the first one always gets a bump up the originals always get a bump up there's never a, there's never a point where this the the sequel or the remake subtracts from from the original i don't feel any way
1: i i agree obviously i agree with you i agree with the, the danny said yeah and the thing is if you gatekeep and you keep other, you keep these other things. Well, we have to keep it exactly the same. Well, eventually, you don't have to worry about gatekeeping because there's nobody left on either side to get. Nobody wants to get in. Nobody and there's nobody cares. left yeah, on yeah, the yeah. inside. Nobody
2: <laughs> wants to get in. No one wants to get out. There's no one on the other side. To lay out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it is really frustrating because you know you think about the things that are robust. You know, Sherlock Holmes, mm-hmm. James Bond. There's always another Sherlock Holmes. There's always another James Bond. There's there's always a new Godzilla. You know, yes. and, and there's always another uh, another group of Power Rangers to step <laughs> in. If you don't keep telling the story, if you don't keep advancing it, if you don't keep trying to make it uh, for an audience today, mm. then 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 it it's hard to to, to sustain it. it hard, it's hard for for that story to keep being told. But you know, you think about like all the the genre greats, right? People used to say, oh, it's Bela Lugosi, and it's Karloff, and it's Lon Chaney, and then it's nobody. And it's like, oh, 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 yeah, yeah, Christopher Lee and uh, Peter Cushing, and, but yeah, but they had to let Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee be Dracula and Van Helsing and Dr. Frankenstein for there to be another one, right? Yes. And so, okay, yeah, okay, it's Peter Cushing, but oh, okay, and Vincent Price, yeah, yeah, he's okay, too. And so that line in the sand does keep moving, but you have to give those parts. There has to be a new kid out there being Frankenstein. There has to be a new kid out there being Dracula and Van Helsing and Dr. Jekyll, you know? And what a young actor growing up, like, okay, I'm an actor, you know, I'm $60,000 in debt after going to school. I, I want to g- go to Hollywood and be and be in movies and go. Oh well, you can't be Sherlock Holmes because it's this going to be this guy forever, and you can't be Indiana Jones because it's going to be this guy forever. We've got, we got AI just going to be going to be making it the same person forever. So you never get to be James Bond. You never get to be, uh, you know. And I and I feel like I feel like that's uh, as an actor. In when you're in the mirror, you're Tarzan, you're Frankenstein, you know. You're you know. And I feel like if we don't give those kind of roles to young actors there won't be the next that line in the sand won't move there won't be that next generation of genre greats a guy who's been in 200 movies like vincent price that yes. everybody loves and wants them to come to a convention
1: and i want to tie it in with what the, you talked about earlier. you said your favorite one of your favorite movies or characters was mm-hmm. the invisible man mm-hmm. i love james wales the invisible man i love claude so Rang. I enjoyed the Invisible Man that came out a couple of years ago. It was a different take. I enjoyed that movie.
2: I, I, I didn't enjoy it, but I wasn't upset that they made it. Yeah. You know. Uh, I, but I did like Memoirs of the Invisible Man. Did you ever see that? Yes. The, the Chevy Chase one? Yes. I thought that was really good.
1: Yeah, and, and, and that's the beauty of it all. You don't have to like it. I don't have yeah. to like it. They're not making. They're making it for us, but they're making it also for the people uh, yeah. younger and it than was, us. the
2: thing about whatever I feel about that new Invisible Man. That was a success. Yes. And it drew more interest in modern movies that are going to take on the other monsters. You know? Did you see Renfield?
1: Yes. I liked it. I enjoyed it. And and that's the thing. It's and people are like well, it's not like that. I understand. And that's fine. I'm not. i not. Neither one of us are saying that's wrong. But the thing is, you, you got to let the new creativity it's it
2: let it happen let it evolve i think you have to realize that it isn't taking anything away from you it isn't taking anything from your childhood it isn't taking anything from your history it actually is extending it into the future and allowing younger people uninitiated people people who don't have your experience to follow that thread i love dracula how far does that rabbit hole go oh my gosh look at all these amazing actors. Look at all these amazing movies. Look at how rich this is, you know, taking it all the way back to the novel, right? Yeah. And I, if you don't, you know, there's that piece of the iceberg that pokes out that the mainstream can catch on to. But if, if, not, if nothing breaches the top of that water, th- no one is gonna f- go that deep to find Bella Lugosi or to find all of these great, wonderful actors, you know, Le- Christopher Lee, et cetera.
1: I think we're in total agreement and and with the conventions and stuff that's that's the new thing that's the new force the new monster kids the new foot film fans because it's as we said your show Cinema Insomnia you do all types of movies and I think that for me again I love all types of movies. I grew up watching sci-fi theater, monster theater, kung fu theater. I mean, you yeah. know, that was if it was raining on Saturday, that's what I was watching yeah. for that day yeah. and your type of show fits that niche for me where it's just I love all of it.
2: There's there's so much and you know a, a movie at a late night movie, I mean, that's a whole genre unto itself or an afternoon movie. Yes. But I I think it's there, there are so many films that you can have fun with not there's not just two genres that you can have fun with
1: now I know listeners are probably wondering you're talking about cinema, cinema insomnia how do I watch it He does these shows Where are he at How do I see him <laughs> <laughs> Tell us, Mr. Lobo, uh, okay, tell I'll us. Okay, I'll tell you, I'll tell
2: you. Yeah, the, okay, uh, uh, I have my, I don't know if you, uh, there's so many different, Goshes, that's the that's the problem today everything's so fragmented. I have a lot of different places I'm available. Uh, I've, of course, I was in syndication for years. There's still 16 broadcast stations that are still running my episodes. Um, I have uh, 33 titles on Alpha Video DVD of my episodes. Um, OSI74 is my Roku channel. So you can add that Roku channel. It has all the Cinema Insomnia episodes on there. There's also OSI74.com, uh, uh, and the episodes are on, on that website as well. Uh, I uh, have, let's see here, tw- uh, YouTube. I do. You, I, so there's a Cinema Insomnia YouTube channel. There's maybe 70 episodes there to watch. Uh, I also ha- I do Twitch. I go on Twitch live sometimes three times a week. On uh, right now, what we're doing, uh, and and uh, we're enjoying it, so we'll keep doing it for a while, but. On Mondays, I'm doing a Misunderstood Movie Monday where I just pick a movie that either I haven't seen in a long time or haven't seen at all, and I just watch it with the fans, and then people chat and, and ask me questions, or I give commentary, and we just watch the movie together. And then on Wednesdays, I dress up like a command, like a space captain, and we show cartoons. And so we've been doing animated shows and, and, and features on Wednesdays. And then on Saturday nights, I've been doing, except for this Saturday, because I'm here at Monster Bash, <laughs> But on Saturday nights, I, I do a, a, a q and in, Twitch in my studio, and then we show an episode of my show. We show an episode of Cinema Insomnia, which, of course, includes the movie and all that.
1: And, and that's the fun thing. Again, you, multiple different avenues for people to get to, it, depending on what you prefer. And um, if you send me various links to the things, I could put it in the show notes, and that way it will pop up. People can go to our Facebook page and find it. So if, you, if you're driving your car and you're like, where is all this stuff? you know it's on our facebook page or wherever you're listening to this if you click on the little no thing where it says show see more you'll see it right there and then you'll be able to find it also they could easily uh, if you easily do a web search of mr lobo
2: mr lobo <laughs> cinema insomnia you will find me uh and you may have heard me on coast to coast am i've been on that radio show 14 times uh and oh and i you know, I have to say, I would give you your props. Uh, Diecast podcast uh, is amazing. You know, you do a really good job. It's hard to sustain a podcast. I have 140 episodes of my <laughs> Sleepless Nights with Mr. Lobo podcast. They still exist. We're taking a break <laughs> right now. We took a two-year break at one point. Yep. It's hard to keep a podcast going. So I have to give you your, your props on that, of, of keeping a good podcast going.
1: Oh, thank you. We're over 170 episodes, and so we're doing this right now. It's a lot and of work. It is a lot of work. And I want to say one thing you talked about how your dad mm-hmm. let you stay up, even though he didn't make it, <laughs> um, it stayed up with <laughs> you to watch those movies. Yeah. And my dad had a love of movies, too, that we yeah. would to see. Today, we're recording this on Father's Day.
2: Oh. So, to all the fathers yes. out
1: there, Happy yes. Father's Day.
2: Happy Father's Day. Absolutely, and all and all of the surrogate fathers, right? Frankenstein, yes. Dracula, <laughs> <laughs> the Wolfman, Godzilla, Mothra. Oh.
1: Well, yeah. Well, Mothra's Mother's Day. Yeah, I guess
2: that's true. <laughs> technically, yes, yes. But it, 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 the the meaning was there. The meaning <laughs> was there. Yes. the, 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 the our our uh, our our guardians out there. Yeah.
1: Yes, and I want to thank you for joining me. I know it's been a busy convention, and it's been a lot of love. Thank you for giving me a little more than a half hour of your time.
2: absolutely. It was a pleasure. Yeah, great talking with you. Yeah, best to you.
1: Thank you. I hope everybody enjoyed the interview with Mr. Lobo. I enjoyed it, and um, hopefully Mr. Lobo will be in the podcast in the future when we can do a movie discussion. We did roll the dice, and um, so I'm just – going to reach out to Mr. Lobo later on to find out what movie he picks, and I think that'll be a fun conversation about whatever topic he, whatever movie he likes, because we both like a lot of different types of movies, as you heard. Especially we know Mr. Lobo's favorite is The Invisible Man. Or one of his favorites, I should say. As always, if you have feedback, please send it to diecastmoviepodcast at gmail.com or leave us a message on our Facebook site. Um, Please seek out Cinema Insomnia, which I have links to you can follow along on the, the show notes so you can go and see more Mr. Lobo stuff. And if you go to different conventions, you can purchase um, the Blu rays or DVDs and get to meet him in person and get your picture with him and so on. He's a very nice man. Otherwise, hope everybody had a fun time with the episode. To take us out. We're going to hear the trailer for the Mighty Peking Man. Actually, we're going to hear two trailers. First, we're going to hear the trailer where Mighty Peking Man was called Goliath. And then we're going to hear the Mighty P. King Man trailer that follows. So you get the two trailers together: one where they call him Goliath, I guess for whatever reason, I don't know, and uh, the other one where it's, it's the original Mighty P. King Man. Okay. Hope everybody enjoyed. And again, Ron, thanks again for the fourie award. It's it's very very appreciated. I still don't know why you gave it to me, but I'm very happy. Thank you.
0: In the steaming jungles of India, hidden from civilization, lives the legend of Goliathon and the untamed white goddess. For centuries, explorers have tried to conquer the legend and failed. Now, one group of men are determined to succeed. Each step brings them closer to danger, closer to death. Each step brings them nearer the truth. The legend lives, Goliathon. To all that stand in his way, Goliathon is death and destruction. Uh, uh, quick dance, quick dance. <coughs> Goliathon, a force more powerful, more destructive, more terrifying than anything known to the civilized world. Be prepared. Goliathon is coming your way. Life was calm, the people lived peacefully. And then one day, without warning. This creature is only an animal, and we can work out a plan to outwit him. I know a hunter. He just lost his girl, and he wants to get away. You want her? Well, take her. Oh, God, you love her. No, I hate her. I guarantee he'd be the right man for us. You're going to head our expedition into the Indian jungle, Johnny. Anywhere you like, Odo. kill me. Why not? You might get the man! <sighs> I'm Johnny Fang. Who are you? Papa. Mama. Mama. show in Hong Kong. Just like the jungle. There was a girl out in the jungle as well. He obeys her, does whatever she says. Where is she now? The only thing I know is she's dressed entirely in animal skins. I ought to narrow it down a little. We go back to the jungle if This isn't the jungle. women wear dresses. I, I mean you can't wear just animal skins.